All right, Father, thank you for these guys and a chance to be with them this morning and uh, to be reminded of your goodness and the sweetness of deliverance by Jesus Christ. I pray that these wouldn't just be words. I thank you for physical reminders you give us. And more than that, I thank you for the reminder uh, of your word that we'll study, that will um, remind us of things that are true, that we might walk in freedom. We love you, Lord, and uh, are grateful that you've given us victory over the enemy and even a strategy now to be victorious until the ultimate victory comes. In Christ's name, amen. All right, well, uh, I'm going to take care of business on the front side. And uh, I think when you guys walk out there to grab your food, there's going to be an opportunity to grab a bunch of these tracks. Uh, you may know I Am Second. It's just a, a group that's um, really bought a bunch of dead advertising time. And then whenever there's a spot, they just drop in testimonies. You see billboards around town and things like that. We've partnered with them uh, along the way in, in, in just being a place that when folks hit that website, they can come and, uh, and, and connect with a body that's going to help them grow. So uh, they did this big campaign for OU Texas Weekend, and they made a bunch of tracks. It's kind of like the old Quisp Quake things if you're you know 40 or above. You remember as a kid you had to vote? on uh, which one of those two you like. Well, they've got uh, Sam Bradford and Colt McCoy both who had made their uh, testimonies available, and they are releasing a bunch of stuff this week. Uh, you'll see it around town as you drive down to the Cotton Bowl if you're headed that direction. And there are a bunch of tracks that uh, you can pick up that are always useful but are especially useful these next 48 hours. And so uh, grab some of those. Take them around your office. And OU Texas is on everybody's tongue. And let's try and make Christ on their tongue. So take advantage of these and use them. Bobby, they're all out there. Is that where they're going to be? So uh, pick you up a, uh, is it a Chick-fil-A morning or is it a uh, Chick-fil-A morning? So get you some chicken, get you some truth, all right? Eat the one, pass the other one out. How's that? Awesome. All right, well, here's what I want to do. Uh, I am going to just uh, walk you through this morning a simple progression that has always led to death, continues to lead to death, and then I'm going to take you through that same progression that can lead you to life. I'm going to show you a little bit about why uh, the Lord has called you to the table. And we're going to take communion together this morning. Okay? Genesis 3.6. Let's just take a look at this. It's a very familiar verse in general, and it's certainly familiar to you this week as we've studied about sin and Satan. But here's the basic progression. When the woman saw that the tree was good, and that it was a delight to the eyes... And that it was desirable to make one wise. And we'll talk about that in our little groups. She took. What you're going to see here is a progression. And it is always this. It is see, covet, take. And what we've got to believe is that which we don't have is that which we need to bring us life. That was the original coercion. It was the original deception. It was the original con. It was the original dazzle. Do this. Get this, and you'll find life. Now, in order to sell this, first it had to be sold that God was not the source of life. And the way that that happened is that they were deceived, and, they were, and she was told, and then she was tantalized. Just like you and me, all the time. She went with what she felt. She trusted her appetites. She trusted her own intuition instead of looking in faith to God, just like us. And it happens the same way every time. See, covet, take. It might be think, you see it in your mind, covet, take, but it's always what leads to death. The plan hasn't changed. When you've got an offense that's gaining 12 yards every time you hand the ball off, all you're going to do is run it. 
And that's all he's done. It hasn't changed a lick. And when you and I go down, it's maybe feel covet take, it's see covet take, think covet take. But gang, that is the whole deal. Let me show you a little bit later. There was a, uh, the nation of Israel, as it went to battle in Joshua chapter 7, they were 1-0. and They took down Jericho, and then they went to 500. They were 1-1. One and one. They lost the battle of Ai, or Ai, I don't care what you call it. But uh, the reason was there was sin in the camp, and God cannot represent himself with a corrupt army. And so they went through this little process to figure out why they lost that battle. And, and God told Joshua to assemble all the people before him. And all the people were assembled before him. And then they drew lots. And, and the tribes were eventually narrowed down to the families. And the families were narrowed down to one specific man and his crew. And this is what we find out. A guy named Achan shows up. And he answered Joshua when he was singled out. And he said, truly I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. And this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle. Okay, now look. You read that, and most of us think a mantle is, man, of all the things to take, why would you take this little piece of wood over the fireplace? It's hard to hide and hard to carry around. That's what we commonly call a mantle, but what's another word for a mantle? A robe. He saw himself a nice leather jacket. All right? I don't know what he saw. But uh, it was a robe, and, you know, that was what they wore back then. And it was probably embroidered. It was nice. Who knows if it was laced with gold, but that's what he saw. And 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold and 50 shekels in weight. So what did he see? I saw, I coveted, I took. And behold, they are concealed in the earth inside my tent with silver underneath it. Same problem. See, covet, take. One of the things that I go through all the time when I start to let my mind run, all right, when I start to you know, use my 6'5"-ness to look down a woman's shirt, I go, man, bro, you sow a thought, you're going to reap an action. You sow an action, you're going to reap a character, a habit. You sow a habit, you're going to reap a character. You sow a character, you're going to reap a debit, a destiny. Goodness, that shouldn't have been that hard. Thought, action, habit, character, destiny. And it's the same thing. See, covet, take. And it's the same strategy we're in. Now look, it's so easy to do. And as one man said a long time ago, one of the most famous commentaries, a little, little one on the book of Genesis, was written by a guy named Kinder. It had a great reference to it in your book this week. And he talks in there, see, covet, take. So easy in its doing, so difficult in its undoing. And God himself would have to see poverty, would have to see death, would have to taste uh, separation from his eternal self in order for s- taste and see, or see and taste, take and taste to be words of life again. I want to show you um, a little passage, and before we do it, I just want you to think about the love of God, and what God has called you to do is to come, taste, and take the sweetness of Jesus Christ. And when we take communion, What we are doing is we are stating that, look, what the enemy dazzles us with, what the enemy deceives us with, is no longer where I want to go for life. Jesus Christ is where I go for life. And I am going to take and I'm going to receive life from him. The tree of life that was in the middle of the garden was set up by God as a picture of faith. 
that you're always going to live by faith. The righteous have always lived by faith. They've never lived by works. And so what God said is you can have the freedom in this garden to have whatever you want, but that tree of good and evil, I don't want you to eat from it. You don't need it. Now you either needed to believe that or deny it. You needed faith that God was good, and so you didn't need to know God, good and evil for yourself, or you needed to, on your own, figure it out and get it done. And what God said is, have faith in me. I am life to you. Good and evil, as you would understand it, is not life to you. I am. Taste and eat of me, the tree of life. And we rejected that, and we went over here to decide what is good and evil. And when you eat of what you think is good and evil, you see, covet, and take death. And when you come to the communion table, what you're doing is you're saying, I leave that. I leave what I say is good. I leave what I say is right. And I go back to the tree of life. And I receive from him what can give me what I could never get on my own. It is a return, folks, to what God told us to eat from in the very beginning. And so if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you have renounced your sin and you are sick of the aftertaste of rebellion, then come to the table. This is what Matthew 11 is all about in verses 28 through 30 when he says, come to me if you're sick of that aftertaste of what you have seen, coveted, and taken. And follow me and eat at my table. Jesus says, uh, or, or God says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus in John chapter 6, in a very long passage, takes this idea. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes is eternal life. I am the bread of life. You fathers ate the man in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven. So that the one may eat out of it and not die. I am the living bread that comes down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, How can this man give us flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. See, what he got to say is, do you want me? Do you see that I am the God and the author and the giver of life? This is a, a, a parabolic illustration that he's giving right after he fed them the, uh, from the uh, five loaves and two fish. And they were coming back to him because their appetites were satisfied. He said, you don't want that kind of bread. You want me. I did that illustration to show you what you want, you find in me. I am the bread of life. See life in me. Want the life that I offer, the abundant life, that fleeting life, that deceptive life. Want the life in me. Take my life. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. Choose life. You see where he's going with this? As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven. Now as the fathers ate and died, who eats his bread, meaning me, this bread that came down out of heaven, a manna from God, that if you eat it, you'll never be hungry again. You'll live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard it, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? And I love what Jesus said. He didn't back off saying that you can only find satisfaction in me, he said, does this cause you to stumble? 
What were you going to do when you see me do even more amazing things than this? When I say not amazing things, but do amazing things. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and are life. Let me say it again. Eve, Aiken, Wagner, your flesh profits nothing. Life is in the Spirit. Life is in Christ. Quit listening to your longings and listen to your God. I, I got to tell you, I mentioned this before. I hear people say all the time, how can it be so wrong when it feels so right? And I just want to go, are you kidding me? You haven't learned yet the answer to that question? You go ahead and do everything that feels right today and see how that works for you. How many would be here if we did what felt right today? Not me. This is what Jesus says. Um, uh, he says, do you, uh, these, these words are difficult for you. Go, go to the next slide, right? Um, okay, my bad. It's, it's right in here though where Jesus says, hey, you don't like these words? Then go somewhere else. And Peter says, where else should we go? You're the one who's got the words of life. See guys, if you know that Jesus is the one that has the words of life, then eat of his flesh. Drink of his blood. Leave your own understanding of good and evil and return to the tree of life. This is bread. You don't need to turn things that are not bread into bread. You need to trust God. And this is really what the table is all about. It's people that have seen with spiritual eyes. It's people that are going to take humbly what they could never earn for themselves. And so we're going to play a little song. It's called The Love of God. Come and get these elements Sit down, and I'll walk you through where words take and eat. We're not deceptive, but we're life-giving. So come grab these elements. Let me just walk you back through Luke 22. We're going to read it, and then we'll take this together. But I want you, from now on, when you take communion, and I want to tell you my understanding of communion. The Bible talks about communion not being ever this little thing we do in moments like this. Communion is what you do every time you gather with other believers around food. On a regular basis, God has shown you that that which you need to sustain life doesn't come from within. You need something outside of you to come into you for you to have life. That's the original lie. Okay, though, is that you're going to find life someplace other than the God who created you. And... What you're doing when you take, when you break bread and you bless the food, you're not blessing the food. That is a, a euphemism. That is a, a, a language that is not helpful to us. We bless the Lord and we thank Him for His provision. And when we have this food and we break it and we drink, it's a reminder every time we go to eat of the broken body and shed blood of Christ and we come back to the tree of life and we forsake our own appetites. And the Bible says when you eat and drink, do it to the glory of God. You don't eat like you're the only thing that matters. This was the condemnation in the Corinthian church that they didn't care about anybody else. They rushed to the table to get the best and choicest pieces of food. And they, and they had the rich people eat first. And then the other folks could scavenge later. He said, no, I brought you back into my community. And we don't think that way and live that way. We love each other. And you eat and drink to death if you act like you've come back to Christ, but don't live as if you have. Don't be that way. Every time you eat, men, with your family and other believers, 
Okay, that's why, you know, some people feel awkward when they pray with a non-believer. You know what? Here's a chance just to share your faith at, at a meal. You don't need, why would they break and have communion with you? They wouldn't. But you know it's okay to say? At some point in that meal, say, guys, you know, whenever I take this meal, it reminds me of God's goodness. Not just because of this physical food, but I just want to let you guys know, every time I break bread and drink this cup, it reminds me of God's broken body and shed blood for me. And I am so thankful for that. Do you understand that? You don't need to pray with them. Declare it to them. And when you're other believers, remind yourself of what you're doing. We're about to break bread out there, but we're going to do it in here this morning. And what God said is, I'm calling you to take from another place and eat from somewhere else. Because if you take from your own understanding, you will covet and die. But if you take from me, you will have life. When the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I've earnestly decided, desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say you shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take. Take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God. Scroll over for me. When he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. And he said... This is my body, which is given for you. Do it in remembrance of me, the body of Christ. Take it. And Lord, it's just a shame that some stale cracker is what reminds us of you. But you know what? In some ways, it's really good. Because, uh, you know, the enemy gives us sugar-coated things that don't really do us well. And you give us the bitter death of Jesus Christ as a means to which we can have life. We thank you that you have tasted poverty and you have eaten judgment so that we might live. And we return to you. And so every time we have a meal, even as we have communion this morning, I pray that we would be reminded that we're coming to your table. That we by faith will eat at the tree of life. You are our bread. You are our life. And we take from you. Amen. After, cu- after dinner, it says he took a cup. And I love this because it's sweet. We don't drink wine. We, we just do the unfermented stuff. And it's sweet. And when it hits your lips, it reminds you of the sweetness of forgiveness and restoration with God. But I just want to tell you again, guys. You know, where are you going for sweetness? And if you go anywhere else but to Jesus Christ, it is a bitter root. But the cup of Christ is sweet. The blood of Jesus Christ. Here's what I want you to do. I hope that just this morning in doing this, as we take from Genesis 3 all the way to Luke 22, all the way to the wedding feast of the Lamb, you guys got to decide where you want to eat. And all throughout the day, you're going to be tempted to take and eat from that which looks good, promises good things, but leads to death. Or... Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, tasted death for you, that you could eat of life from him again. Where are you going to eat today, boys? Where's your drive-thru? Take and eat. There's life in Christ. Go get him. We'll see you.